Hi, this is Paul Warren, and you're listening to the Rams Review Podcast. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews, and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with your host Jason. Corey not with us this week. Hopefully he can join us for a couple of the festive ones over the Christmas period. But he is pretty busy at the moment. So I'm on hosting duties this week. But I am not alone. It's been a couple of weeks. Jack Bryan, Jack, you've not been with us. Nice to meet you, mate. Nice to see you, pal. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, um, Christmas coming up. Hopefully a bit more content from me over that time as well. So, so yeah, should should be good. I've, you know, obviously been doing some social media the last few weeks, done some of the, the stuff on X during during the matches. So I've been doing doing some coverage and I've got some thoughts that we can... We can go through, but yeah, you, you can't escape me on even more platforms now. So apologies to the listeners for that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And a special guest. We've got Ollie Wright from the Derby County blog. Ollie, it's been a couple of we've been trying to arrange this for a couple of weeks. It's been, <laughs> yeah. It's been playing up a little bit, obviously, with your little one, but yeah, I understand what that's like. When the podcast yeah. started, I'd got an 18-month-old, so I know exactly uh, what it's like. Um but yeah. thanks for you know persevering with us mate and thanks for yeah. joining us no thanks for thanks for persevering with me it's uh you know exactly what it's like it's a uh it's a bit of a minefield when you've got little ones um i'm currently hoping he'll just uh sleep because last night he opted out and it was up from about 1am until about well i think that was it basically <laughs> he just didn't go back to sleep so uh let's hope he does does us a solid tonight and actually does some sleeping but uh i was just thinking then um, when you lads were talking um, it feels like a hell of a long time since I've actually been to a game because it was um, 28th of November. So that's a good couple of weeks. Uh, it was 20, 28th, 25th, sorry, because I went to the Bristol Rovers game. Um, but obviously since then, it's been a few games, but nothing, But nothing, well, there was the Fleetwood one at home in the the, the, the artist formerly known as Papa John's, um, but no league games. So it's, yeah, it's been a little, it's been a little minute since I've been to a game. So it's, uh, it feels a bit strange because we, it feels like we've played a lot of games, but just haven't managed to get to one for a good couple of weeks, which is annoying. I think with the form that we're on, you need to stay away, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn right. Um, well, I'm, de- no, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm there on Saturday with bells on because um, we're actually sorting out a, a kind of Christmas meetup as well for uh, the, uh, the guys who are, kind enough to be part of the patreon that i do so um we're all meeting up for a, a few few scoops so uh, i'm certainly going to be at that uh, unfortunately that does kind of almost guarantee that the the, the, the team will basically uh, put a massive tamper on the whole thing and obviously richard keogh is coming back so i can just imagine him doing his kind of ram horn celebration after scoring a a last minute winner or something stupid like that but uh, yeah no well um, it's uh it'll be good to get back into the swing that's for sure Absolutely, I must admit, uh, our persuasion from our season ticket uh, standpoint in the South Stand, uh, we've uh, we've targeted targeted the Lincoln game for our Christmas jumper, Christmas 
Christmas mm. Day out, I decided I normally don't finish until the I wouldn't have finished till the twenty second. So I bu- booked a couple of days off and uh, and yeah, basically decided going on the piss with the football lads was a little bit more mm. important than working for two days. So <laughs> uh, you know that's uh, it, it's only at this time of year you can get away with that, isn't it? But um, yeah, certainly the festivities. I fully imagine the festivities will be there on Saturday and. Lincoln next Thursday and we'll go into those two games uh, in a lot more detail in a, in a little minute but the word festive you know normally you um, associate that with festive cheer Ollie and to be honest with you at the moment there's not a great deal what a segue that was there's not a great deal that other Derby fans <laughs> you know Derby fans can't really give after recent performances and obviously we're going to focus on the Leighton Orient game on Saturday um, again just one of the, another one of those we spoke last week about how it, it was not a potential banana skin. I'm not going to be disrespectful to Leighton in that way. We spoke to somebody from an Orient podcast last week who said, you know, they believe they belong at this level. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not in the greatest run of form at the moment. They've got to put their key players out. Saturday, I thought, certainly, it's easy to say up to the sending off, but Mm. I think certainly that first 30 minutes or so, Derby were very much in a game, very much... um, you know, Leighton had a couple of opportunities, didn't they? They had that one early in the first yeah. 10 minutes, that absolute open goal. Yeah. And when you're down there, we, it's, it's a football mm-hmm. cliche, but when you're down there, those chances don't go for you. Um, I thought the tide sort of was just starting to turn and we'll go into the red card in a little bit more detail. Um, yeah. But obviously that changed the game. But that, you know, an opening 30 minutes against a hostile sort of crowd, an hostile environment, it, it was everything for me. It was everything that I expected it to be. I don't think Derby got out of first gear fast enough, but mm. at the end, and they could have easily been punished. But then again, you know, there are, I think there are going to be a few cliches that we talk about and a few of those kind of things in this podcast. Yeah. Derby weathered the storm, rode, rode it out, and then never really broke out of second gear. I know mm. the sending off helps, which we'll talk yeah. about, as I say, but. That, that opening of the game, it was, it was, I think 50 is kind to Derby. I think, I think Leighton actually, mm-hmm. from what we we kind of were expecting from Leighton Orient, where they, I say they've been in a little bit of bad form. I thought they, um, they, they brought it to Derby a little bit. But if you don't put your chances away, teams yeah. with that extra little bit of quality are going to shine through. And I think in that first half, that mm-hmm. probably about sums it up just before the red card, and then obviously going into the red card, that's a. That's a massive difference, a massive game changer, and obviously aided Derby basically in a, in, into the three 0 win, didn't it, Ollie? Well, I think if we can shade just shade games in on the general run of play, then we'll tend to find, I think, that we've got individuals who have the moment who can sort of turn the game. Yeah, men, I'm thinking Mendes Lang, for example, players like that who they're a little bit a cut above the sort of run of the mill um, League One player. Let's be honest, I think. We've got there's two sides to it. Obviously, we've got players who can make the difference and score out of nothing, which to be fair, Louis Sipley's done, which I, I remember talking to you about Louis Sipley many moons ago. And you know, it still seems to be he's in the same situation where he's still kind of waiting to happen, if that makes sense. But he scored a brilliant goal. Um, and it's a good job he did because he missed a, a, a blatant uh clean through Max Bird. <laughs> so it's a good job he did score. Um but we've got that. We've got that going on, and also defensively. Now I know, like like you mentioned, that they did. They had a lad got played. It looked like he was just had to swing his boot and he was going to score, and he kind of somehow managed to sort of boot it up in the air, didn't he? And uh, I'm sure he'll be reliving that in his head for quite a while. But but 
but we're not giving away a lot of chances and we're not conceding a lot of goals. And I think that's key to it. I, th- I think I'm right in saying, and Jack will probably correct me if I'm not, but um, I believe we've got the joint best defensive record in the division at the moment. So that is what it's all built on. Um, and obviously, if you can combine the fact that we aren't conceding a lot of goals because Cashin and, well, Cashin for now and certainly Curtis Nelson are kind of marshalling the back line really, really well. Uh, and then you've got these, you know, the, the difference makers up front. It's the combination you need. So overall got to be happy at the moment it's one goal conceded in the last five league games you know and okay yeah we've we've scored a few as well um but i'm pretty sure warren will probably be happier with the you know one goal conceded in five games than than the goals that we've scored which is a fair few but but ultimately if you don't concede you don't lose um and Leighton, yeah they had a good go at us but they only had two shots on goal targets sorry in the game um and they had a crack at us and, 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 you know, Port Vale had a crack at us, you know, any team that we go and play at their ground, it's going to be for them, it's going to be a massive game. Um, but the away form has certainly improved and it was a bit of a sore point for Warren earlier in the season. Obviously we had a couple of kind of high profile howlers, especially the Cheltenham one and the uh, Shrewsbury one, but we, and I suppose Stevenage as well, wasn't great, was it? So yeah, so we needed this, things to turn and and certainly in recent weeks it it 100% has so yeah I think that's the two factors that we've got going for us at the moment very very solid defence and players who are kind of finding magic moments so long may that continue yeah no um, absolutely I think um, like you said it's one of them isn't it you know you can't can't certainly going away from home you can't expect to have all the ball all the play not have a chance against you. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't really happen at any real level of football. Um, I would say that I think there has been a couple of moments over the last few games where those chances that have been presented to the the opposition they haven't taken, and mm-hmm. we know football's one of those games. Obviously, we could have argued five six weeks ago Derby were creating chances but not taking them. So it, it's that mm-hmm. it's that swing swings and roundabouts effect. But yeah, we seem to be on that upturn at the moment. We seem to have that rub of the green a little bit. But I think you're right. I think that you say there's that glaring one in the first 10 and then Mm. really not a great deal. Obviously, the red card is it's a significant factor. I don't know if it's the defining moment of the game. It it sort of is because obviously then Derby win 3-0. But it's, as I say, I think the it felt like the tide was slightly turning. It was that typical away performance. You 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 camp in a little bit, that 20-minute, first 20-minute period of an away game, you know, feel yourself out. If you can grab an early set piece or grab an early set, that can't go from that, that you know, that obviously helps you settle down. But it, it felt like that. And then, obviously, the main talking point, really, I suppose, of that first half is, is the red card, Ollie. And, you know... Mm. Um, I watched. I was watching it on Rams TV. They had two or three angles at it. You couldn't really see anything. It mm. wasn't until I, it was on X that we yeah. saw a uh, somebody tagged us in it, and mm. it's obviously a, a gantry position. I mean, yeah. oh, Christ, did he not half swing a swing a nice. at it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And it then I don't want to get into a debate about referees because if he hasn't seen it, like if he hasn't seen it, he hasn't seen it. On this particular occasion, I'm going to applaud the officiating because I believe it was the fourth official that made the referee aware as far as I'm aware uh, made him aware yeah. saying you know there's been something there and mm. I remember I was sat watching it at my mate's house and <clears throat> obviously I saw the foul 
And my mate, even my mate went, well, what's sort of, you know, gone on there? And I thought, routine foul. And then it was almost as the way that the ref, obviously, must have very quickly got that information in his ear. And I, it was almost like his hand movement. I went, hang on a minute, I, he's going for the back pocket here. I, I've got a feeling he's going. And I've not really realised why. Um, and obviously, as I say, no. I've not really seen a replay as to as to no. explain why. But no. as I say, you see that. Um, an absolute yeah. thumbs up to the officiating on that one. Yes. They got that one right. That is yeah. a that is a nasty, nasty yeah. uh, elbow. And one, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't, Ollie. I don't. I don't think I can defend that as being uh, no. being accidental. It, it looked blatant. No. As anything from that replay, didn't it? Yeah. As soon as you saw the angle, and I believe it was the uh, analysts. Um, that was the analyst kind of angle up in the gods. And he's, it's evil. It's absolutely evil. He looks, he has a look and he just plants the elbow right in his face. And it's just, yeah, it's unforgivable. I really hope he gets a significant ban for that. Um, you know, above and beyond whatever that, you know, a straight red, obviously you get a ban for that, but he should get extra games on top because it's nasty and it's, it's deliberate and it's, yeah, it's indefensible. If you do that on the street, it's common assault. Um, you know, and it's just lucky that Collins didn't get you know a, a jaw, a, you know a jaw or or teeth knocked out or uh, cheekbone or something or flattened nose. You know, it's it's he's, he's fortunate that he didn't get an actual kind of nasty nasty face facial injury out of that. So yeah, it was a horrible. It's just horrible, and yeah, there's no defending it whatsoever. Um, it certainly you know scuppered the game for Leighton Orient. I don't think they had much opportunity after that one nil down and down to ten against us. Let's be honest, we should see that out. And we we absolutely did. You know, we killed it stone dead very soon in the second half. And so, yeah, he let his team down. Um, obviously, the bonus for us is that Collins wasn't actually injured in the incident. Um, I have to say, it wasn't Collins' day. I, I, he missed um, what can only be described as an absolute sitter. Yes. Um, and he had one or two where he just w- couldn't quite get into the right position for a cross or a cross shot. And he could, you know, you feel like he should have been there to divert it in and, it just wasn't his day, um, but in the end, it kind of was his day in that he didn't end up getting, you know, take stretched off with a head injury. So, um, yeah, the, the guy ultimately did us a favour with a lack of discipline, um, but it was a very, very, very poor decision by him, and and certainly he deserves whatever he gets in terms of a ban. Yeah, fully agree. Um, Jack, as Ollie's just mentioned there, this stage derby where one nil up, we've sort of bypassed that goal, but we're going to go go back slightly. Um, 10 minutes or so when, uh, yeah, Louis Sibley pops up with, I think it's fair to say, a very well-worked move. I was absolutely screaming for him to pass it into the middle. I think it was Max Bird, I think, who'd made the run through the middle. And I'm like, you've got to pass it, you've got to pass it. And then when he when he sort of like jinked to the left, I thought, oh, here we go. And then it just, it just opened up for him and I thought, well, I know what's coming. You almost knew what was coming, and we know that that's a yeah. quality of Louis Sibley. When he gets it on that left foot in a little bit of space, he's he is a he when he gets when he gets op- opportunities and chances, it's very often he does put them away. There's no two ways about it. One of the things that obviously I'm sure all Derby fans would like is that he he gets involved in that a little bit more. But as soon as he opened his body up, I thought, well, there's only one place this is going here. And to be fair, obviously it did. It, it went into the back of the net one nil. Um, you know that that goal, Jack. You know the way that I say Derby had just started to turn the screw a little bit, get the one nil. I think it was just before the sending off that James Collins missed the second. I think, or maybe it was even before the first goal. I can't remember now. But it, that was a guilt edge chance, like Ollie's just mentioned. 
and then you almost get a reprieve and a, and a second hand of that red card. Um, it was a very joyous 10 minutes for Derby, wasn't it? It was. I mean, if you think back to before Sibley even got the ball for that goal, you had Kane Wilson getting through, I think, three defenders, just, you know, working his way, making a little bit of space and find, finding Sibley. And Sibley then could just, you know, he just ended up driving driving forward, didn't he? I mean, yeah, as you say, there was Bird, I think it was Bird in front of him, but no, he, he went alone, he got into that position. And yeah, at that point, it was, it was, it felt weirdly inevitable that it would it would find the back of the net. I, I don't know, I don't know why, but um, but yeah, it was just that was one of those positions, as you say, where you thought, yeah, simply he's gonna gonna get the chance here. But it did, in terms of, you know, he was he was as I say like thirty five yards from goal when he got the ball, so he did, you know, he had quite a bit to do to get to that point, and it came from not very much, you know, for him. But also, as I say, Kane Wilson before him, having to get three of three players on him, and I think that's the sort of thing that we see from Kane Wilson now more and more as well. But yeah, it was a it was a great start to the sequence of of the better spell, really. Uh, so they kind of made after a more difficult first half hour, they made that few minutes count. Collins then obviously missed that sitter, as, as you say, and then the red card. I think by that point. Derby were climbing, they were kind of in the ascendancy, and that kind of tipped the balance and you thought, right, okay, Derby have maybe got got a foothold in this game now. Because, you know, the goal up, the man, the orient the man down, you know. At that point, it was, considering the first half hour, it was a much better position to go into the break in than I thought we would be. It It was a really, yeah, there was a bit of a shift, I think compared to what that first, the opening stages of that uh, game was. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think after that, you know, it, it's a word that seems to be creeping in a little bit. It's the professionalism of that performance. It's not easy to play against 10 men. It's not, necessarily, especially away from home, okay, you're a goal to the good. Things can change very quickly in football, as we well know. Ollie mentioned it a minute ago hitting the second as quickly as we did. And we've done that a couple of times in games just recently, I think, um, where we've, you know, we've had the lion's share of it in the first half, got a goal up, probably should have had a second and got in control, never really done it. And then in the first five, six minutes of the second half, we have we have managed to capitalise and, and get a second. And it, it can really, obviously, benefit. Goals change games, we know that. Um, and then, yeah, Derby, let's face it, never really had to had to get out of third gear, second gear, maybe. I don't want to be disrespectful, but they, they went about what they had to do. They still created chances. We've still scored two very good goals. Mendes Lang involved in both. Um, nice to see him pass to Barkhausen. Especially with a, a, a player on that sort of run of form. Um, yeah. it, I think it shows a bit of class, Jack, in my opinion. You could have easily have taken that yourself. Barkhausen's obviously been a little bit bereft of, of, of goals and, and chances created. I don't think he's played particularly bad when he's coming to the side, but something like that could, you know, really help him. Um, a player that I think I mentioned last week, I'm still not 100% sure if his future lies at Derby after January, uh, just with the way that we are at the moment. 
Um, but he's obviously at the moment he's part of things. So just to just to give him that and you know allow him that opportunity to to score, I think that's class from Mendes Lang because when you're on when you are in red hot form like that, you you could easily take it yourself and and build on that. But it was it was just a professional second half performance. We didn't have to do anything extravagant. Okay, Leighton Orient did what they had to do. They they they, they still had you know an an opportunity or two. But Derby were very professional. And as I say, that seems to be a word that's just creeping into the podcast a little bit more than it has done. Certainly recently, and and actually probably historically, professional yeah. has not necessarily been a word that you've you know described Derby County as. There's been other words that have been better than professional, but just recently. Professional, and it was a professional second half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the uh, you shout there that Mendes Lang even playing that to Barkhausen. So Barkhausen's now broken his dock in the league. I think that was his first league goal. Um, so even to get him off the mark there is a is a big boost. But I think that's also perhaps showing that bit of maturity and professionalism to see that that's better for the team as well. I think the team spirit is is there. I mean, you know, that's what Paul Warren wants. But I mean, if you think about that second half, I think the, the second goal of the game came after about 90 seconds of the second half. I mean, I was still, I was still getting a drink. I was still, I was still on break. I came back, you know, frantically, uh, frantically trying to put a tweet out. See, I'm still calling it tweets. It's been months. Gosh. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah, I mean, and I think also the fact that they maybe didn't get out of second or third gear as well. At that point, they didn't really need to necessarily. And I think that game it, game management is maybe another another sign of that professionalism to say there's a busy festive schedule coming up. There's lots of games. We're in control here. We can keep going at the level we're at and we should see this out it's perhaps you know another another element of that and that's the sort of thing that again you need to have as a skill as a team and particularly as a coaching staff I guess when you're pushing to get higher up in the league much like uh, we talk about a poor performance and grinding out a 1-0 win it's another component that the best teams in a, in a league need to have and you know, again, we, we've had that on Saturday. We've had that professionalism. We've had that, as you say, a fair bit of late. And it's, I mean, it's refreshing, really, because, yeah, I mean, I can't think the last time we were talking about professionalism in Derby. I mean, there's certainly some times where we've been talking about the polar opposite in the podcast lifetime, I'm sure. We, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. If, if you take sort of games in blocks... Um, I don't think when we looked at it three, four weeks ago, we were expecting to win all five. We've done that, and I think that's that is impressive. Um, and you know, you're looking now, Ollie, at the next sort of two moving it away from from Leighton Orient. That one's now been and gone. Yeah. Uh, we're going to touch on. We've touched on it the last couple of weeks, so everybody's, I'm sure, are aware of that Christmas period. I think actually we've probably yeah. got a very, one of the toughest Christmas periods over that eight nine day period. Yeah. But we've Absolutely. got the 
and no disrespect to who we're playing, you know, two mid-table sides as it stands in, in Wickham and, and Lincoln. Yeah. You've you've done some some fans would say you've won the games you should have won. And in all honesty, I don't think you can play that down too much on paper. Football's not played on paper, I get that. Yeah. But I don't think there's too many out of the last five wins that we should have necessarily struggled in, in all fairness. Mm. Um, the next two, hopefully, are there to continue that build, continue that momentum. I mean, if we can win the next two, and I appreciate that's a big if, and yeah. you've got seven on the spin after yeah. what was six weeks ago capitulation, you yeah. know, almost after that Shrewsbury-Stevenage period, mm. um, going into that sort of, you know, the Christmas three of Wicker, Wigan, Oxford away, and then obviously Peterborough on New Year's Day. Yeah. Um we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, Ollie. It, it was about building that momentum up, getting those sort of 10 out of 15 points over those five games, or we've managed 15. Well, the next two, you know, you'd hope for three, four, obviously, because they're both at home. Before mm-hmm. then, those next three, you could argue, you know, you, you could, if you're going to, if you're going to take a loss, it's going to probably come out of one of the two over the two away games against Wigan, Wigan and Oxford. Um, but if you can get to Boxing Day, seven wins in a row, no matter how good Wigan are playing at the moment, and they are in Oxford, obviously I know there's been a bit of a decline there since the manager left, This, there's still got to be the optimism. Seven league wins in a row against anybody at any league is is pretty decent. And from, as I say, six weeks ago, where this Derby side was rubbish, yeah. the football was shite as it was <laughs> by the fans... <laughs> and it was, you know, one result away from walk from from being sacked to mm. six weeks later, five on a row. You're looking yeah. at two own games that, you know, you would hope should bring an, at least another four points. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just it's... about getting into that period. Is that 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 yeah. three tricky ones? Yeah, unbeaten for me, unbeaten. I, th- I think unbeaten mm. out of the two, even if it's two draws, mm-hmm. people will say that's not good enough. But I would take two draws, get into that unbeaten, because you don't want to get slapped in one of the next two at home, no. a bit of a shock result, going into what is obviously a, a very tricky 10-day Christmas period. No, it's um yeah, it's it's that's the interesting thing about this this little spell coming up, because um obviously the everybody looks at the the boxing day onwards to that that week there is incredibly tough. Um Wigan, I know. They're down the table, but obviously due, mostly due to a points deduction. Oxford haven't won in four, so they've had a little wobble since uh, Liam Manning left, which hopefully will help us. And um, they've got a new manager who's quite an exotic name in that he's called Des Buckingham, which sounds like a, some sort of fifties uh, sort of Hollywood movie star or something. But um, I think he came. I think he was managing in India, um, but he's uh, he's not quite settled in just yet so hopefully hopefully Oxford won't be as strong as they have been but posh we know will be really really good they're always they're always pretty prolific at this level and they're always difficult difficult games so but the thing is we've got to get there and and the last thing we want to do is kind of muck up this momentum by not taking advantage against Wickham or and or Lincoln I mean you know these are these these games are the bread and butter and what's impressed me looking at the results so far this season is how kind of stompy we've been against the worst teams so obviously there was a lot of uproar when we didn't beat Cheltenham 
another one was Cambridge United when we drew at home, nil-nil, and people were obviously very happy with that. But on, on the whole, when we've played the weaker teams, we have beaten them. Um, so we need to keep that going. That's where your bread and butter is, especially at home. Um, we've really got to keep the home form strong as possible. We've had two home defeats and I don't want too many more than that. You know what I mean? It's 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 really, really important that we get, yeah, like you said, at least four points, but ideally six from the next two home games just to keep it going. And then yeah, it's gonna be a, a real test of the squad because it's it's not only are they the you know top six kind of contender contender games that we're playing, also it's that kind of fast turnaround. Um we've got a few injuries at the moment, which is a bit of a worry because obviously you're gonna need everyone in the next couple of weeks. Um so we hopefully people like Waggy, I'm not sure when they're gonna be back, but hopefully they won't be out too long. I know we've got one or two who are kind of more long term. Um but hopefully players like, because obviously Ryan Nyambi missed a game or two, but fingers crossed that's not too bad. Callum Elder's just been in and out, in and out, not really involved. And then then you're looking at people like Tomo, who've had long-term injuries, and Washington, um, who's a big miss. So we could do with one or two of those bod- just bodies back, really. Um, and we need to be careful with John Jules as well, because, you know, he's he looks absolutely mustard, but it's just his fitness, isn't it? So, we, you know, he's not a player that they're going to just suddenly chuck in to start. So it is going to be really, really difficult on the legs um, in this next, sort of the rest of this month. Um but yeah, the turnaround on, like you're saying, the turnaround where we are now, it's not so long ago that I was seeing worn out all over um, the artist formerly known as Twitter and people saying they were very clear that they'd had enough of him and they wanted the manager gone and um, the club had to kind of come out and say, look, we're not sacking him, so you need to calm down a little bit. Um, and ultimately, well, not ultimately, because the game, you know, the season's only halfway through, but at this time, it looks very much like the club's kind of... Uh, patience is being is being rewarded because you know the, the 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 knees were jerking let's be honest and we were getting itchy we were getting angsty and we were seeing some pretty poor uh performances and results which 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 is you know which is which kind of is always going to lead to um people getting getting angry particularly when we're in league one which is not you know as derby fans would see it, our natural habitat so um yeah so that's 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 where we're at in a nutshell i guess and i think like I say, just these next two games are absolutely pivotal and we'll all people will have an eye on the Christmas week, but we've got to get there in good shape first. Yeah, Jack, I think just to kind of echo what Ollie's just said there, sort of we'll go into obviously Wickham first in a little bit more detail in a bit because we'll we'll have a podcast out before the Lincoln game. But I th- I think he, he brings up those points almost perfectly. You know, you you're bowling into these next two, both at home. There's almost that expectancy again creeping in at, at Pride Park a little bit. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's always been there, but with the results now, it's creeping in a little bit more. Um, Wickham, who obviously I say find themselves what about tenth, Lincoln just a little bit below. Uh, we've already seen Lincoln in some capacity in the EFL Trophy. Um, I don't expect that to be a, a, a similar side. I have to say, I know they made a lot of changes for that, but we have already played them and and brush them off the park at Pride Park. So the next two for you, Jack, you know, looking at it, um, it's, it is about building on that five wins in a row. Okay, we're not going to win. Well, we might, but, you know, chances are we're not going to win 10, 12 in a row. But it's the unbeaten run. If you're going to lose, try not to lose at home if you can. Try not to lose, again. you know, in games that 
you've sort of you know been better in and that kind of thing. But the next two for you um, before that Christmas period, you know what 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 you're expecting from Derby to ample teams at this level. Um, but a bit like Ollie said, we we seem to have turned a little bit of a corner against those kind of sides. And I think I mentioned it on the podcast a, a bit of tongue in cheek, really. But for uh, last week, but since that non-vote of vote of confidence came out from the board, um, Derby have been, you know, as good as they've been all season, um, certainly by picking up results. So what are you expecting from the next two, Jack? Yeah, I mean, Wickham are 15th at the moment and they haven't won a league game since the 7th of October, the 4-1 win away to Fleetwood. So they're not in great form, let's just say, because they have had a a couple of cup wins, a couple of EFL trophy wins, an FA Cup win against Bradford, um, who are obviously League Two, and Derby's next opponents in the Papua, uh, no, what's it called, Bristol Street Motors Trophy. That's the one. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they're the sort of team that are always going to try and make things difficult. You know, even even coming to us, that's that's their objective. Um, it's it's something that we can't underestimate. But on the form we're in, Pride Park is be- seemingly starting to be made a bit of a fortress again. Let's hope. And and yeah, I think I think it is. It's about getting through these two games without at least without a major shock or major disappointment. Um, you know, so if there was a if there was a draw in there, I, you know, I'd, I'd certainly take four points from the two. I mean, your point a few minutes ago about taking two draws over a win and a loss is interesting as well, because in theory, that makes no sense. It's less points if you look purely at the maths. But I think, again, to keep the run going, to keep that momentum and psychologically to go into this run you know seven unbeaten would be huge but I think Wickham Wickham always as I say make things difficult but but I hope we have enough Lincoln they they actually lost to Accrington Stanley in the EFL trophy last night as we record this but they are they've got uh only one loss in their last six league games and they actually sit I think yeah ninth they are they're only f- five points off us in six, but they have played two games more. There's been a bit of change there, of course, with uh, they had an interim manager who has now become the, the assistant and uh, Michael Scoobler has come in for his, I think, his first senior job. He was, uh, in terms of remembering that name, he was the guy who took over Leeds last season on an interim basis and got the win at Old Trafford. They've got some young young coaches there now and, They'll be about building longer term. But again, they want to play decent football, I think, and they could spring a surprise. But hopefully, Derby should have enough for for both games. So, before we move into the last couple of sections of the podcast, a little bit of housekeeping that Jack sort of touched on there. Um... EFL Trophy, next round draw, Bradford at O'Molly. Yeah. Again, one of them on paper. Um, not the not the worst draw. Get yourself into yeah, yeah. the final act, isn't it? 
Well, uh, that's it. I mean, I so at the start of the season, I was really grumpy about the uh, what was then the Papa John's, and I just had a sulk on about it. The fact that we were even in it to me was just a bit of a, an insult and a bit of a kind of uh, indignity, and I just I couldn't get on with it. I didn't care. Um, I just thought it's like it's a pointless competition. It's like the fourth cup, uh, and I had a real hump on about us even being there. As it's gone along. <laughs> Obviously, we've been we got knocked out of the League Cup first round, so that was no issue. Um, that was an awful performance. Then we were obviously embarrassed in the cup, and that was the last real you know, bad result we've had. Um, the crew one, which was a real, it was a shock, and it was an upset, and it was poor. Um, which is just a little reminder that we're not necessarily phenoms. You know, we we have our moments where we just don't turn up. That was one of them. Um, and all of a sudden, so we're out of the mainstream cups. Um, we obviously won all three of the group games pretty comfortably. And then the main thing I was then worried about was, would we draw Forest under-21s in the knockout? And nobody wanted that. Nobody wanted us to have, you know, the, the, the that would have been embarrassing. And wh- whatever happens if you play them, it's just not good. You know, you lose, obviously, it's, it's you never live that down. Even if you win, it's like, well... Yeah, you beat an under twenty one team. Well done. They're fourteen. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's just awful. So that doesn't have to happen now because they've been knocked out. And all of a sudden, you know, you kind of ease through the next game. You get a League Two draw at home, and all of a sudden, you're only a couple of games away from Wembley. And there's no more. There's no other cups to worry about. So it's only a maximum three or four more games to fit into the 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 calendar. And ultimately, I know we've got a few out at the moment, but we do have a relatively deep squad for the level. We've got some really good players who are on the bench. Um, we've had players like Joe Ward coming back into contention. We've had Kane Wilson in and out of the team, uh, Louis Sibley, Barkazen, you know, so there's players there, John Jules as well. So there's players there who ha- maybe haven't been regular in the league, who you still think could be more than good enough to come into the team and have an impact. Uh, and Sonny Bradley, I should mention as well. So, yeah, so there's, and, and even the keeper, Josh Vickers. So, you know, you've almost got a second string team who could do a good job in that, in that tournament. And suddenly it stops feeling like an, uh, you know, uh, an indignity and it actually feels, starts to feel like an opportunity uh, to have a really good run. And now I've said it, I've obviously hexed us and we'll get knocked out by Bradford, but, but I'm actually up for it now. I'm up for the cup in a way I wasn't at the start of the season. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully another win, and then I, I can't remember what round it is then, but it's 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 not you're not far away from uh, from the uh, from the sort of latter stages at that point. So yeah, bring it on. No, absolutely. Say last round of the sixteen, you win this one, you get into the quarterfinals. Jack, I already know is looking for the stats. Um, we mentioned it on the podcast last week. It's a cook, a bit like what you've just said there, Ollie. You know, it, it teams in League One, even when we were in the Championship, you know, you want that couple of wins in the league. Cup, get to the Premier League round. If you get a draw against one, great. If you don't, if you can get through, then get one, fine. FA Cup in the obviously in the Championship, you're straight in at the third round. Who knows? But when you're in League One, if you can get to that third round and then you draw or whoever, that's fantastic. I think you the EFL Trophy is obviously it is the the minor trophy. We didn't perform well in it last year. Um, we've performed. Well, in it this year, I think it's fair to say. Um, but it's one that like I say I mentioned on the pod last. I'm sure it was last week, or it might have even been the week before. Um, even after you know, after the win against Fleetwood, 
you know, the teams that qualify, there's still a couple of under-21 sides normally in there. I think Palace's under-21s were in there. I think Chelsea's under-21 sides were in there. There's not too many teams, league position-wise, that are above Derby that are in that competition. That's obviously probably even less now in the 16s. I think Bolton are in it still, I think. Um, I'm not sure if any of the other top four or five are in there. Jack, I know you'll be you'll be looking at that. But um, I know it is, it is a minor trophy and some would say it's a distraction. But I think something like you've just said there, Ollie, you have got players at the moment that are, I don't want to say fringe, squad players that because of injuries, because of this, that and the other, they're not necessarily getting the game time. And like you say, even on a run now, between now and if you got to the final, it's only three more games. It's not massively a problem if you can rotate. I think one of the, I think in fact I mentioned it last time, one of the, against Fleetwood. We we couldn't rotate. That that was one of the, the bigger irks of the game. I mean, we absolutely breezed past them, let's be honest. But the fact that we couldn't rotate, you know, Mendes Lang had to come on at half time and it, it, it was probably a game that he didn't need to be involved in, even though obviously he was involved in a goal and that's carried on his momentum. And I get that. But this competition, even it, it's one of the few competitions that even at a quarter final stage, you probably go, we don't have to play necessarily, uh, you know, best 11 to, to get through it. Um, Jack, I'm sure you're looking at the details at it. You know, let's, uh, Bradford at home, it's, it's not a, a bad draw for Derby at all. I'm not, Sure, actually, they could have been much of a worse draw, in all fairness, other than an 21 side. But then you've got the potential there as a banana skin, haven't you? So uh, Bradford at home, Jack, and, you know, that, that path to Wembley isn't looking as crowded as it may have done a couple of weeks ago. No, I mean, they're 14th in League Two. So, yeah, one of the lower-ranked sides left in the competition. Four wins in a row now in all competitions, you know, as a Decent little run there. They did beat Barnsley 5-1 in the EFL trophy. So there's a little note of caution, as is the fact that Bradford, of course, have a little bit of history in relatively recent years, in the last decade or so, of cup upsets. Of course, there was that FA Cup game at Stamford Bridge, and there was that League Cup run all the way to the final back in 2013 as well. But, but yeah, I mean, Graham Alexander's side... And not not a bad draw when you look at who's still in there. You've got Bolton, as you say. They'll be away to Accrington. Oxford is still in there, and they will play either Portsmouth or Wimbledon away. That game is played on Tuesday night. So that, that'll be an interesting one, Portsmouth-Oxford, uh, yet again. But uh, Peterborough's still in there. But there's, you know, there's a good chance. West Ham and Brighton, academy side's still there. So, so yeah, I mean, what is it? Three wins away from Wembley, I think, looking at this. Yeah, this is around 16. Um, so, so yeah, I think what this becomes now is, as Ollie said, not that many games. And it's an opportunity to give people who need minutes minutes with the chance to earn a day out at Wembley rather than them just playing in the under-21s and getting minutes and building fitness. That's, that's the difference. And, you know, yeah, the silverware wouldn't be the most prestigious thing the club's ever won but a win at Wembley would be a win at Wembley and that's the sort of thing you remember um so yeah I mean as a, as a competition it's one of those things that yeah you're never normally that bothered about you get to this stage a bit more so I mean my 
my bugbear with it, and I, I mean, I'll spare you the full rant about things being pandered to the big clubs, but my my main bugbear with it is the academy sides being in there as opposed to a few years ago, because that kind of came about after, you know, loads of calls for them to potentially be put into the pyramid and stuff like that. And yeah, obviously, yeah, that would be... Imagine Man City's on the 21s ripping up the championship. You know, we saw what they did to us last season. Uh, to be fair, that was mainly Carlos Borges, who's now playing at Ajax, isn't he? And I mean, to be fair, it's not going too well for them at the moment. But but yeah, I mean, it is. It's a, it's a decent little opportunity. So that'll come on, that next round will come on the 9th of January. So after a bit of a, a packed, festive period, you know, it's just one more game. But it's, you know, it's a chance to give some, some other youngsters a run out. The only time that I can see that we've played Bradford in the last few years is, of course, that friendly Last uh, very first friendly of last season's pre-season. Uh, first game after David Klaus saved us and it was the 2-0 uh, win away. So, so yeah, I mean, a repeat of something like that. And that game, of course, had a, obviously not a similar squad in terms of personnel, but a squad with a similar sort of makeup to what I expect Derby to maybe put out in that game in terms of there are a fair few youngsters getting a run out that day there was a lot of trialists. It was pre-season, but I expect there be older players on the fringes as well, and just a, a little bit of an unpredictable lineup. But just kind of a team maybe thrown together a little bit more of players who need minutes. If it, even if it's that, you know, even if we go out, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing to have, and you know, give some of the youngsters a chance. I mean, we saw against Wolves um, a month or so back how many youngsters got got debuts that night, and. You know, even that is is positive. Even that's a good thing. And yeah, it's not as said, it's not something that we're all like, woohoo, it's the Bristol Street Motors trophy, but there's there's positives to take from it. There's there's good things in there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure me and Ollie are of an age where we can remember a certain trip to Valley Parade um, in the Premier League that was sort of a, a four four draw, if memory serves me right, Ollie. We, 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 we've had a we've we've had a couple of absolute stinkers when they <laughs> when Bradford were in the Premier League. So I certainly remember him as a as a yeah 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 young lad. There's no yep. I'm not gonna uh, yeah I'm definitely a young lad. I weren't a teenager, I don't think. But yeah, I remember I remember a few uh, a few games at Valley Parade um, that were yeah. that were a bit taxing. But yeah, certainly mm. at Pride Park, I think it's one that you know Derby should hopefully brush aside and then yeah you just never know you you wander away from a semi-final you wander away from a final and I think mm. you can see from last season obviously the two finalists Bolton uh Peter uh, Plymouth wasn't it and obviously Bolton absolutely battered Plymouth that day um one went on to win the league one went on to fail in the playoffs so you know but but it's I think it's momentum it's no surprise to me and I know it's not been the case over the years where two top flying League One sides that have made the final, so yeah. you know, fingers crossed. All we've got to do is get, you know, if we can get past uh, a League Two side, then you know, you're down to the last eight, and at that point, I think your likes of Bolton, your Peterboroughs, if they're still in it, your Oxfords, um, it'll all depend, on, uh, and us to a certain extent, you'll it'll all be out of the league makeup. Is what do they go for? You know, if if they're battling on two fronts, that could aid them. That could uh, that could be a negative, so we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Um, the other bit of um, housekeeping, as such, uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, it's mentioned. It's been mentioned on a, a couple of podcasts already. 
I'm sure most listeners will have seen uh, the Derby teams Christmas uh, day night out the other night with with fancy drops. <laughs> it has to be mentioned because it was absolutely quality. Um, plenty of people getting involved. Plenty of um, you know fancy dress and all that. And I mean, it's a bit of a sore subject, Ollie. I suppose when we think one of the last times we saw social media presence of a team together was them getting pissed up in the King's Ed at Belper and, and dancing yeah. around and mm. the joiners at Quandon and crashing into trees and, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. actually, we've not really seen that over the last few years. So actually seeing no. the lads out there, mm. you know, almost without beer in hand as well, but mm-hmm. looking like they were fully in the spirit of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the team camaraderie and the, and the mm. they look, I was not surprised, but... They look they look a together group, and I think some mm. fans may have questioned that over the last sort of few weeks. They they look like a bunch that are more than happy to be around each other. Yeah, I think so, and and I think yeah, the players. Yeah, you know, obviously the incident you mentioned um, was a long time ago now, and all those players, I'm pretty sure all the play, people involved in that have, have long gone. They've moved on, and you know, obviously Keo will be coming back on Saturday, but uh, you know, he's still playing even though he erected his leg and. But that's a, a rabbit hole. I don't think we need to go down it. Yeah, it's it is positive. You know, credit to them for all kind of getting into the spirit. I was I'm not sure people might know what Max Bird was dressed up as. I, I liked it. I don't know <laughs> what he was doing, but it was great. Um, yeah, and they all looked um, yeah <laughs> they all looked absolutely ridiculous. So credit to them for all just going full full bore and uh, and and yeah being prepared to just be daft and and have a laugh and yeah and obviously which you've won five on the spin i think you, you, if you've seen wandering around a city center uh dressed in god knows what it's it's kind of all right i think if if you've lost five on the spin then it, it, all the the media around it becomes the you know you don't deserve a, a party they, they need to you know they need to be on the training ground and yeah. you know that kind of thing to cancel christmas for them get them in the, you know get them in running around uh darley park on christmas day you know so it's just nice that they could go and do that relax um, because it's actually a, obviously a midweek off as well, which um, there's no midweek game and stuff. So yeah, it's good timing for it ahead of what's going to be a nuts period. Um, yeah, they could let let what hair they've got left. I know James Collins probably ain't got much hair left, and Conor Harrow and players like that they're getting on a bit, aren't they? But um, yeah, it's good. It's it's just good to see a good wholesome fun. Yeah, Jack, seeing uh, Conor Oran as a delivery driver was that something that uh, that excited you? You know what. It, as Ollie said, it's just good fun. It's a bit of fun. And again, that togetherness is a big part of Paul Warren's recruitment strategy. So I'm, I'm glad that we are we are seeing it, you know, because having a, a unit of it where it's cohesive and all pulling in the same direction is, is massive, especially, again, when you're in coming into a period like this where there are so many games and so much going on. Um to have that team spirit, and do you know what? As, as Ollie says as well, there could be there could have been negative press if there were poor results. But you know, a lot of workplaces get Christmas parties. Why? Why not? Why not footballers? They, they you know, they, they should be able to have moments to to enjoy themselves as well. So yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, and the uh, the photo is is quality, and you know, I I can't make out who half of them are in that to be honest, but. But yeah, it just looks like they're having a having a good time, and because they did that, would they have done that on like Sunday? Was it? Was it over the weekend? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Sunday or Monday. Yeah. yeah, 
because that's also a key thing there is we as as mentioned with no midweek game the timing there is is all right there's there's time to recover and things we're not going to touch wood have a situation like last season where uh, they went to the Cheltenham races and it you know that was I think like the Wednesday and they were playing on the Saturday and the performance was was poor and that was kind of pulled out afterwards so it's a you know I think there's yeah it's good there's there's not really much more much more to say everything's kind of fit, fit together and yeah they're having a good time so fair play to them yeah, no, I agree. I don't think, like you both said, I don't think there's anything you can pull them up for, which over the last few years has has uh, has normally not been the uh, not been the case. So, last couple of uh, minutes on the podcast. Um, normally, we try and single out a player to sort of not criticise or scrutinise, but sort of big up a little bit, but. We've over the last few pods, we've had Mendes Lang, we've had James Collins, we've had Kane Wilson, we've had Curtis Nelson. Um, Ollie, I'm actually struggling at the minute to sort of bring anybody to the forefront who's who I've not just mentioned there, um, who's sort of stepped up and not even up and beyond, but just been a that seven out of ten every week. Um, so I think this week I'm going to be a little bit different and I'm just going to I'm going to praise the team as a whole which mm. is very easy to do after five wins, but I don't think there's anybody in those five wins that have necessarily been below par uh, as, as such. There obviously has been standout players, but for the first time on the podcast, instead of singling out, I'm going to say it as a team collective. Um, the last few weeks, as a Derby County fan, watching the football, whilst it's not been scintillating, it's been progressive, it's been productive, and it's been a million miles away from sort of what we mentioned a little bit earlier from five, six weeks ago, where there was, there was a lot of negativity around. It seems like this team has turned a corner. It's the usual December, November, November, December height that we tend to get. And we have done. Um, The proof will be in the pudding in about two months time, but you've, you've got to ride that wave while it's at, at the crest of it. Haven't you really? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I like the team at the moment. I think you're right to sort of say that we look like a good, cohesive, coherent unit. Like, like I said at the top of the pod, really, we're among the top scorers in the division and we also concede the least. And it, and that's backed up by the underlying stats as well. If you look at things like expected goals, we're top six for that um, and sort of top six for conceding as well. So in terms of conceding the least. So it's all, all the indicators look good. Um, you know, I don't see, you know, as long as we don't have a horrendous, I mean, we have had some injuries and we've still been okay. You know, we've, we've been, we're missing seven or eight players at the weekend and we were still okay. So, you know, barring anything absolutely horrific, um, yeah, the team as a whole has, has been really cohesive and, you know, there's experience in, this, in the middle. There's, you know, there's plenty of experience got to sprinkle through, but there's also some quality youth still, you know. Um, big question will be January, obviously, whether we get teasing bids for cash in again. I assume we will. Maybe even Max Bird as well, because I know that um, Hull was sniffing, weren't they? So there could be some changes in January. That's maybe one thing to look at when you're looking at a cohesive team. We've talked about a nice cohesive unit. They're you know, having a good time. They're passing to each other, you know, they're, they're, apart from Louis Sibley. Um but you know they're they're in a good groove. 
do we have a disruption in January? That's that's a potential, you know, that window is potentially tricky just because of Cashin's contract uh, situation in particular. I think, you know, you're going to see bids. Um, and there's probably one or two of the older players who are kind of six months from the end of their contract. So, you know, do they get offered something different or do they want a contract extension here? Is that going to be coming? So, so those sort of in the background, that'll be a very interesting kind of uh, month to just see, can we come through that month with a stronger squad than we going into it? Cause we're going into it with a good, strong, solid team. that's well settled um, so can we maintain that, not just in terms of results, but in terms of personnel through to the, the February and then we, we just crack on with the second half of the season. So, yeah, but I think, as you say, the team's in good shape at the minute. So let's just hope that continues. Yeah, Mendes Lang, I believe, is one of them players who are out of contract in the summer. So, you know, yeah. with the kind of form that he's in, a bottom mm. six championship side could well take a gamble on him, in all fairness. But he seems like he's settled at Derby. Who knows? You know, we'll wait and see. Um, before I pass it on to Jack for the same kind of question, Ollie, I think it's only fair um, we, we're praising the team over the five games to praise Paul Warren and the coaching staff. As I say, it's it, he was a, a, a head on a pike five weeks ago. And I think it's fair to say, in all fairness, a lot of fans that felt that way, it was difficult to argue it. Well, mm-hmm. Some fans will get behind the management, some fans will turn, and I get all that. But results weren't good. Performances weren't brilliant. Okay, the chance mm. of your football are shite or harsh. But mm. at the end of the day, they got a point. Mm. Um, I think I'm, we mentioned it on the podcast last week. Um, is it a little bit of a realisation from Paul Warren that maybe not everything that he thought was mm. the way to be? is mm. the way to be at Derby rather than yeah. the way that he was at Rotherham. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yes. That underdog mentality that every... Yeah. There seems to have been a bit of a change, Ollie, which yes. has made that uptick in form. You can put two, mm. and two, two and two together and get four or five. I get that. But just a word on the coaching, you know, both yeah. ticking in the way that he's picked his sides. I think it's hot. I, I don't... I think they go hand in hand. I, I don't yeah. see how one and one go aside. I think... He's come to the realisation that maybe he has to play slightly different at Derby, those few yeah. teams. But we're seeing the Absolutely. Best- yeah, I mean, he, obviously at the start of the season, and, and even when he came in, he wanted to play a back three and wing backs, and that's always been his favourite system. He's realised that he's never quite had the personnel to do that. Obviously, he brought Sonny Bradley in with the idea that he would do that, I think. Um, and then he'd have Cashin and Nelson either side of Bradley, and that just obviously had a bit of a torrid start and it, it you know didn't work so yeah he's had to be pragmatic he's had to adapt and yeah he, he did have some he had a rocky little spell didn't he and and it was it was not looking great um the way that he plays the game it's not it's not silky possession yeah, i think we only average 50.5% possession which is some going in league 1 when most of the teams can't string three passes so we don't keep the ball um and if that doesn't result in you know if you're not keeping the ball and looking looking nice on the eye you've got to get the results. It's as simple as that. You know, we're not a possession team. Um, we don't play a kind of brand that's that's got a pass from the back. Uh, but at the same time, we're not being overly direct, I don't think. And I think I don't I don't think we've been too sort of front to back. Um, but it it's just it's just marrying the desire to go forward quickly with enough uh quality so that you don't end up 
it looks just hasty and it looks like you're just ch- chucking it down the channels and chip and charge kind of thing, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's it's so subjective. A lot of fans, I think, don't like, I didn't like Paul Warren from the get go really. And they, they were kind of had a, uh, a, an issue with this style of football, I think it's fair to say. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's not my favourite type of football. I'm more of a purist and I much prefer a kind of more of a pass from the back and keep the ball. That's my personal preference. Um, and so that, that's been a challenge because, you know, I'm a, more of a McLarenista really, but um, but it is different. It's worked at Rotherham. It, what worked at Rotherham isn't necessarily going to work here. It's, as you as you rightly point out, uh, Jay, it's it's we're a different club, we're a different beast and different animal altogether, um, and we do need a little bit more silk than maybe you would get at a Rotherham because we've ultimately we've got a bigger budget at this level, so we should have better technical quality players, um, and we do. And and you know some of them when they when it's clicking with players like Mendes in particular, I keep talking about him, but I love him. Um, when players like that click, it, it's just a joy to watch. So, uh, and Max Bird is probably one player we really haven't mentioned, and I, I should I want to give him a shout because he's just absolute class. Um, so watching him plays a joy. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we've got good players. It's as simple as that, and uh, he's he's getting a tune out of them at the moment, which he absolutely should do. Top six is minimum expectation. He'll know that um, because the players are, are that are that are good enough to be there on merit, and they should really be pushing towards a higher up as well, towards the top two but they're going to have to be consistent if they're going to get there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll echo a point that I made on the podcast last week. I watched the Alfred and Warsaw uh, FA Cup game last Tuesday night. And that was, if you think Warren plays hump ball, Christ almighty, that was two teams who were humping, uh, humping the ball. Um, forward, <laughs> so, yeah, not, not, uh, not the quality that we wanted. Uh, Jack, I'll obviously allow you your opinion on, you know, the teams are general and the coaching staff is a general over the last five or six, but we fin- before we finish the podcast out with a bit of a prediction for Wickham for the last couple of minutes. Yep. So, I mean, I think, yeah, there has, there has been a change um, in terms of the, the home league form and the, the win of, of runs at home in the league. Maybe I should, Maybe I should take a little bit of credit, actually, because I don't think I've told you about this, Jason. I've told Corey about this. Um, but the Exeter game, which was uh, first uh, of the, the run of league wins at Pride Park, uh, is the the only game I've managed to actually get to this season. But I was there and um, I'm, I've got to go pitch side and get a photo with a few players beforehand. So maybe I've had, maybe I've had some influence. No, in all seriousness... Stay away. Uh, reason, Stay away. Yeah. The, no, because that, that was a win. That was the start of the wins. Yeah, so, exactly. So don't come again. <laughs> Let's oh, yeah, win. yeah. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, the reason I mentioned that is I'm just going to uh, just shout out to the Bopper and Charitable Trust who funded uh, uh, an electric wheelchair for me so I can get about. They sorted they sorted that out. Great work. Um, and, and yeah, I'll just, just mention that. But... Um, yeah, the team on the whole, I mean, it is. It's just looking better. And I think Paul Warren has certainly made a difference the last few weeks in the changes he's made. It does feel feel different. The the attitude feels different as well and the whole the whole vibe. Um, I mean, in terms of the cohesive unit and talking about what could disrupt it in January, I think the, the questions for me are around not only Bird and Cashin and whether they go, You've also got John Jules. Does he get a 
an extension to his loan. I think if he keeps fit between now and then, I think we probably we probably take that take Arsenal up on that option. But it obviously depends on the money. And then of course Ryan Nyambi, does he does he stay? Does he go? You know, on his form and a solid seven out of ten as a minimum every week. I wouldn't be surprised if there's championship clubs sniffing around. So we need to tie him down. And of course, he will be off to the African Cup of Nations in the Ivory Coast, where Namibia have got South Africa, Mali and Tunisia in January. So we will, at the very least, we'll be missing him for, for much of January. Uh, it's whether, whether he comes back after that could also be a difference maker for the rest of the season. But I think, yeah, I think we're in a in a strong position all of a sudden. Yeah, I think I think the Nyambi thing is an interesting one. I've been a, a fan of him for a far from afar for a while. Um, I think I mentioned it weeks ago when we signed him. It, it's daft. It, he's a player. I play football manager. Is is a player that always crops up on that, and it, he's yep. he, he he never lets you down, and he's not let Derby down at all since he's come in. And like you say, from Warren's interview where he was interested in him in the summer. There was other interest. He clearly wanted more money than Derby were willing to offer. Other clubs weren't interested in offering him that kind of money either. Hence why he never went anywhere. And then we managed to get him for, from what Paul Warren's words were, a, a low fee, whatever that may well be. Like you say, I don't think he's done anything wrong in his stock there. I think it, it stocked high. You'd like to think, I know it doesn't always work this way, but you'd like to think a little bit of loyalty lies that you know a club's took a chance on him because um, I know he had a lot of injuries after he left left Blackburn. I think he went to Wigan last year and he had, he had a few injuries and I think that probably put off a few players. We we are obviously a team who like to sign players who are injured uh, or have got an injury record. That's fine. And if they work out, then that's great. If they don't, fine. But I don't think he's he's done anything wrong, certainly in a Derby shirt. He, in fact, he's done everything right in a Derby shirt. I don't, I don't think he's been anywhere... Um, near a, a, a bad signing, and um, I actually think Derby would miss him. I, I, obviously, he's, he's injured at the moment, isn't he? I thought there was times on Saturday. Um, Ward and Wilson's brilliant on that right hand side, but the pair of them are far too attacking. Um, I think Wilson's the better defender than Ward. Um, but if you've got one of those two in front of a Niambe, I think that really has that very, very nice balance. I think that balance would work in the Championship, let alone in League One. So I, I actually, I hope Derby can can do something with uh, Niambi. Obviously, as well as burning cash in, but they're probably a little bit more uh, pie in the sky at the moment. Um, final point on the podcast. Uh, we've sort of slightly running over a little bit. I want to squeeze this in before we finish. Uh, appreciate it for your time, gentlemen. So, focus attempts to Saturday. So, we're on the back of the five. Five wins in a row. Wickham, as uh, Jack, you pointed out a minute ago, you know, down in 15th, not one since November, uh, October. Um, that needle between the two sides has slightly drifted away a little bit because, you know, we, we, we took, we've taken care of them in the past. Um but from my recollection of the last four games that we've had against them, certainly in the Championship League One, they're not an easy side to navigate. We've, 
you know, we we've we struggled against them. We've we've taken last minute winners or what you know or last minute equalizers, should I say? Um, I think last year we were one 0 down before Horahan turned out with a brace, if memory serves me right, in what was a bit of a dull game at Pride Park. Um, we've said it all podcast, Jack. It the next we've done very well the last five. It's about stamping the authority on the next two at home. Wickham, we're going to concentrate on now. Stamping our authority on it, picking the three points up, keeping the run going, and then we're looking at a difficult Christmas period with a bit of a smile on our face. Yeah, absolutely. So I think in terms of the the game, I take, you know, I think, I I mean, I think we should be obviously looking to win it as, as should every game. And a couple of years ago, if we'd played Wickham, you know, be it, you know, the, when we played them in the Championship or even last season, I might have been sat here going, do you know what? A draw wouldn't wouldn't be a bad result. But based on form, yeah, we've got we've got to be we've got to be targeting the win, especially at home. And I think, you know, I think we've got enough. This could easily come back to bite me. Uh, but you know what? If it does, then it'll get us some good interaction numbers on social media on Saturday. So you know, <laughs> every cloud. But but yeah, I think yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna. They're not exactly prolific in front of goal at the moment either. Um, in terms of yeah, in terms of goals, they've got 23 goals scored in in 19, and they have not. Well, they've only scored. Blimey, they scored two against Fulham in the EFL Trophy, but in their last five league games, they've only scored once, and that was against Reading. So. So yeah, I mean, I'm, do you want a prediction? Yeah, um, yeah, go for one. Yeah, we haven't we haven't okay. a prediction for a while. Right. Well, I'll give it. I don't know two now. Just just reel a number off, and then a couple of last little calls to action that I'll that I'll give uh, for for this week's podcast. To say, Derby women last game of the year on Sunday. West Brom come to the Don Amot Arena. Uh, so that's a repeat of the final day of last season in which Derby won. 5-0. Let's hope it's a similar result to that. And also, buy Ollie's book. <laughs> I'll say that to end it off. And you can, you can tell us a little bit about that now, hopefully. Thank you. Oh, he will. He will, definitely. But yes, the women, <laughs> the women side of things, definitely, we're going to hope this essay, their season um, sort of stops for their midterm break in on Sunday. So we're hoping over the Christmas period we can fit in a bit of a review of the women and and uh, how well they've been doing. I know Jack's been over it, and so we're going to try and get one of the team on to uh, talk about that over the Christmas period. Um, well, I'm off as well, so yes. I can do a bit of prep for that Absolutely. as well. We're, we're soon so, there you go. Nail something down. We will get that sorted. Ollie, you're right. Before we get you on, to talk, before you mention your book, uh, with, <laughs> you know, every time you come on, you've got something to plug. Bless you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it seems that way, uh, but no, you know, just, just backing up what uh, Jack said, really. There, mm. um, Wickham Saturday. Those stats that Jack's just reeled out. Yeah, I know we say it every week, and it is a football cliche. Yeah, played on paper. Yeah, but that's a very, very good opportunity yeah. for Derby to continue that winning run, continue yeah. that momentum, continue that yeah. build up at Pride Park. Which is really starting to take momentum again now. Yes, um, it's about navigating that one and then moving on to the next, isn't it? Hundred percent. I mean, and and everything Jack said, I've, I've 
I will tweet. I'll tweet out some sort of underlying stats that I had a look at. But we're yeah, everything I've looked at: expected goals, shots per game, shots on target, shots in the box, everything. Possession, even, and we're not that good at possession. We're better than them on every measure that I can find. To be to be honest, so the, the truth of the matter is, if we play at our level on Saturday, we should win the game. I mean, there's no guarantees, and that's why football is such a maddening but ultimately beautiful sport. Um, there's no guarantees whatsoever because they could like, you know, we could hit the bar three times and then they you know, they could have a set piece going off someone's backside. It's just the way it can be. But but if we play at our level, then 90, 90 95 times out of 100, we win the game. So let's, let's see. I mean, obviously it'll be nice because we've got the wind in our sails. Um, the fans are going to be up for it. It should be a really good attendance, I hope. And yeah, so if we can get, get an early goal, it, it, it'll get rocking. And yeah, let's let's put a few past them. It'd be, you know, I still personally um, bear a, a childish grudge against Wickham because of the way that uh, Rob, their chairman, conducted himself while Derby were in administration um, and his, his kind of sort of legal claim that he put in on the coattails of Steve Gibson, I thought was, you know, was ambulance chasing at its worst. Uh, so I've always despised him with a passion, really. Uh, so I, yeah, it would it would cheer me up no end if we uh, if we absolutely rub their noses in it and, and beat them four nil. So I'll I'll take that as my prediction. No, I fully expect Derby to uh, to pick up the win on Saturday three nil. I'll take. Um, before we finish the pot, we have got ninety four seconds. I'll allow sixty five of them to Yali to discuss. <laughs> Um, obviously, your latest book. We've got a copy. It's I've read it. It's brilliant. Thank um, you. If you can, in a nutshell, in sixty seconds, let us know well, what it was all about. Well, there's a test. Um, it's about administration, relegation, um, mental health, depression, anxiety, uh, being a dad, being a son, uh, and being a football fan. And it kind of weaves all of that together into one three uh, hundred-ish page. Volume which covers 2021 to 2023. So it's basically uh, those couple of seasons when I came back to the East Midlands from York, uh, Yorkshire, um, and uh, yeah, with a little with a little family in tow, and 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 then I got home home and I couldn't buy a season ticket when I got home. So that's really that's that's kind of what the books basically covers. I was even shorter than 65 seconds. <laughs> I've got I've got to fill air time now. No, but um, anybody who obviously wants to uh, get a copy of that, please get yourselves out there. As I say, we've been lucky enough to get a copy from Ollie, and it is it is a brilliant read. There's no two ways about it. So please uh, please support Ollie with that. It is it is worth well worth, and probably you can just get it in time for Christmas, so it'd be well worth it. The time is running out on the podcast. Jack, as always, thank you very much for joining us, mate. It's been appreciate, appreciated, and we'll speak to you soon. Yep, thank you. And Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. It's been a while. Thank you very yep. much. We'll hopefully Cheers. get get together again soon. That'd be great. Thanks for having me, lads. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Rams Review 1. Our Facebook is Rams Review Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.